Welcome back, everyone, to the Davram Download, the Double D Podcast. And this is our first episode that we're actually going to be recording with live video um, on vid.me slash Davram Gaming. So hello, everyone out there watching on uh, vid.me. We've been doing this podcast for a little bit. We started on uh, a mobile um, and just uploaded it to uh, YouTube. We made the move to vid.me, uploaded a couple on, um, <clears throat> on vid.me. And then made kind of a, a branding change um, and started to do uh, more of a podcast instead of a, a vlog style. Um, and we put that up on uh, SoundCloud. It's also on iTunes and uh, Google Play as well. So I figured uh, I, I got a lot of feedback from folks that they said that they would like to start seeing these podcasts um, visually as well. So um, hopefully um, this will um, allow folks to uh, kind of get into the visual and put a face to the the voice if you've just listened on SoundCloud and iTunes. So um, just a little bit about what we're uh, what we're doing there. So uh, here we go. Um, if you are interested in any of the old versions of the Davram download, you can again uh, look for those on iTunes, Google Play or SoundCloud by searching the Davram download. Um, today, um, I want to talk about again, want to get away from games. Um, we've talked about games a little bit, which is a main focus since I am a content creator specifically f around live streaming of video games on Mixer.com. Um, I wanted to get away from that though. Um, on occasion, we do use this podcast to talk about life and things that happen um, in life. And, and I would be remiss if I didn't speak um, about my thoughts on um, the unfortunate and horribly tragic events that happened in, um, in Las Vegas um, just a short week ago. Um, if you're not familiar with that, if you live in a box or, or don't pay attention to news or radio or anything like that, or, or haven't seen a YouTube or VidMe video about this, um, about a week ago, um, during a country concert, um, actually it was during a festival, um, downtown Las Vegas, right off the strip, um, a man um, shot many, many shots, um, from the 32nd floor of the, uh, Mandalay Bay hotel into a crowd of about 22,000 people watching this, this concert. Now that, uh, the smoke has, has settled, um, and, and people are seeking medical uh, attention. The, the final count is 58 people lost their lives, um, and nearly 500 people, um, were wounded in different, different ways, some more permanent than others, um, some still in critical condition. Um, and, and again, the first thing is, um, though thoughts really don't fix anything, um, my thoughts do go out to anyone affected, both one of those folks who, who got injured, um, but also to the family, to the friends, and to the rest of the world who has, um, uh, who has unfortunately suffered um, thinking about and watching this. Um, because it, it's an absolute tragedy and it affects absolutely everyone, not only in the United States, not only in the community of Las Vegas and the surrounding areas, uh, but also um, around the world. We live in dangerous times. Right? We live in dangerous times. Um, attacks are being carried out around the world by different organizations, by people, by themselves. And, and of course, in this situation, um, though at this point, a weekend, um, it still appears that this person, um, Stephen um, Paddock, um, it still seems he he acted alone. Um, however, um, the the terrorist organization, uh, the Islamic State, has.
taking credit for it, which on on a on a publicity side that that would make sense um, that they would take credit for it. But um, there's no evidence uh, that he was working with any sort of terrorist cell or anything like that, um, though, in my opinion, uh, this is a terror attack. Uh, it, it causes terror. Um, it caused death. It caused injury. It was a terrorist attack, uh, domestic terrorist attack, period, in the story. Um, I, I know a lot of people have strong feelings about that term, um, but it was a domestic terrorist attack, period. A mass shooting domestic terrorist attack. And unfortunately, I feel like we as people have become numb to mass shootings, um, which is very unfortunate um, because no one ever should be numb to the loss of life of anyone. I don't care if it's a mass shooting or, or someone dies after a long battle with cancer or another disease. No one should ever be numb to the loss of life, especially when it affects so many people um, in, in this instance. Um, but what I really want to turn the focus to in this particular episode is discussing a very polarizing topic, um, especially here in the United States, and that is um, gun violence and more so gun regulation. Now, I'll give you a background of myself. I've never owned a firearm. Um, I never intend on owning a firearm. Um, but with that being said, I have a lot of friends. Um, my family uh, all grew up on the farms. Many of them still take care of farms. They are gun owners. They're responsible uh, gun owners. They use it for hunting, um, which, again, if they're hunting, they're using all pieces of, of meat, of bone, of, of, of fur. They're using everything of that animal that they've killed. Um, to, to supply their family um, or, or to you know, um, help their family as far as maybe selling the pelt or something like that to someone who, who would use it or, or even using it themselves um, in, in their home. But I don't like guns and I, I've never really been a fan of them. Um, but I would never at this point suggest that people give up their weapons or are banned from having weapons. And I know that's, um, that's a really interesting thing. And I've had a lot of, um, great conversations, some not so great conversations with people about this topic, because if we look at how it's been portrayed and debated, um, over the past decade, it's either you're with the second amendment and you have the right to own and carry a firearm or you're against the second amendment and all guns in the hands of citizens should be given up. And there's no middle ground. There used to be middle ground where people would actually have open discussions about issues. There's no middle ground. It's either you're for or against guns. And I don't think, I don't think this is such a cut and dry issue. People may disagree with me, but I don't think it's a cut and dry issue. There is a real issue in this country specifically, but also in the world that is leading to these gun violence. Call it Islamic terrorism. Call it domestic terrorism. Um, call it mental health. Call it whatever you want. But there is a larger issue here that is causing not only organizations, groups, but individuals to carry out disgusting acts of violence with firearms. And yes, I've seen the videos. People are trying to make light of, well, guns don't kill people. People kill people. And I just saw a video the other day on Facebook where a guy took weapons out, laid them on a table, and walked around the table and stood in front of them and said, see, look, 
The guns aren't killing me. There was another one that said, oh, modifying weapons are easy and, you know, pulled out essential parts of of the gun and said, oh, now it's a fully automatic gun. What are you going to do now? There's time for laughing and, and comedy, and then there's time to actually sit down and have a conversation. Obviously, these two individuals are very pro-gun, and that's fine, and they should be. Um, they are responsible individuals that are responsibly utilizing uh, their firearms. But it's not time to make jokes. It's time to come together and find a middle ground that will help end gun violence, not only in this country, but around the world. And I think it's bigger than just taking people's guns. I think it's bigger than just making sure everyone has a gun. I think we need to focus on what is the cause. I want to take a moment here um, and talk about specifically mental health. A lot of times after these attacks, we find out that this person was troubled, had issues, um, issues that are treatable with appropriate doctors and, and, and medicine. But in a lot of cases, the person couldn't afford it. Or there's such a bad stigma around if you have mental health that you shouldn't talk about it and you shouldn't get health and you should just take care of it yourself. I know I've been through there. I've, I'm dealing with that on a daily basis. And that's a bad stigma to have because if you have individuals that are troubled and are having legitimately... Uh, legitimate issues with mental health and they can't bring themselves to find help because they don't want to be, you know, uh, called any horrible name or, or profiled in the book that, you know, they're not fit to do this or they're not fit to do that because they've got something wrong with their, their brain. We shouldn't be fearful of talking about our mental health. We shouldn't be fearful of going and seeking health. Um, healthcare because we're terrified of what other people will think of us. I know right now people look at Stephen Paddock as an evil, evil person to be able to carry this out. But we don't know what was going on in his head. We don't know. Maybe he did need help and maybe he was scared to go seek it because of the stigma around mental health. Maybe he couldn't afford mental health care. We, we don't know. He was a very old man, lived in a, a, a very, what seemed to be upstanding community. No one seems to um, really see any issue with the man. So clearly there was something going on that, that we don't know and we might never know. But a lot of these folks are struggling and they can't get the help they need. What does that mean? Well, whether you're for it or against it, it means we need more affordable health care. We need health care out there that is easy to get to. We just had a shooting not too long ago. I, I remember it was carried out by a former military person that had some mental issues after his, his, his tours and committed an, a horrible act of violence with weapons. Why didn't a veteran, a hero of this country, someone who fought for this country, the United States of America, how could he not even get the mental health that he deserves? Th this man went overseas 
to protect this country. Whether you agree with his mission or not, whether he agreed with his mission or not, he sacrificed his life. His family sacrificed a son, a brother, a grandson, a nephew. They sacrificed him because of his choice to be a hero to this country. And not even he could get the mental health he needs, the mental health care that he needs. So this is not an issue of black and white and guns versus not guns. That conversation needs to go away. And we need to stop saying, well, you're against guns and you're for guns and we can't get along and this is wrong. Because if that conversation continues and nothing gets done to help the larger picture here, to identify the larger issues of mental health, of, of systemic hate, of large organizations such as the KKK or the Islamic State or white supremacists or Antifa or whatever the group is out there that doesn't like another group and will go so far as to hurt or kill someone, that is a larger issue than whether you can own guns or whether you can't own guns. I've lived around guns my entire life and I've never seen my father, my grandfather who's passed away now, my cousins. I have never seen them once think about raising a firearm to another individual. Not even when they're so irritated at what's going on in politics or, or you know, whatever movement they don't like. There are other ways to solve it and they know that. But for some, violence is the only thing they can think about. Why? Maybe that should be the question that we're asking. How do we find, identify these folks and get them help? How do these folks seek out help easily and affordably to stop mass murders or any murder like this? The next thing um, that, that kind of stems um, from this, um, which was brought up in a, a concert that I worked recently with, with the great Trace Adkins, he was asked the question by a audience member, what does this do um, to country music? And uh, his answer really rung home. He said, this is not a country music thing. This is an all music thing. I know for me, I like summer concerts, you know, out on the grass, downtown in the city that I live here in Columbus. I like going to outdoor concerts. That's going to change. Concerts that are held in areas with large buildings and easy um, access for people to harm people in mass. We may be seeing the end of those. And it's a tragedy because outdoor concerts and the arts, the arts in general has taken a hit across the world, specifically in this country. But live entertainment could be changing forever now. Could be changing forever because this happened. And I don't want to see that happen. We need to have more. We need to have more concerts outside. We need to have more live entertainment. We need to push the arts. We need to push the arts. But right now we're scared. 
Rightfully so, we're scared. And when things like that happen, when we are scared, we take knee-jerk reactions. And when that happens, it causes more issues. It's hard to be level-headed when these things happen, but that's what we need right now. We need to come together and discuss this in a professional, calm, and respectful manner and figure out the larger issues that is causing this so we don't harm things like live performing arts or, or even NFL games or NBA games. Well, NBA games are kind of inside just like NHL, but outdoor live entertainment that could now be impacted forever. The other thing that I kind of want to bring up with this is a few ideas that I've had. Now, I'm not saying these are the right things to do. I'm not saying this is how we should do it. I'm just saying these are some ideas that I have. Currently, right now in this country, you have to have a driver's license. Now, based on the state determines when you can get your temporary driver's license, what requirements you have. But in general... Across this country, you have to have a driver's license to operate a motor vehicle, which could kill someone and does daily across this country. Either by accident or purpose, motor vehicles kill people across this country and across the world every single day. Operators of motor vehicles are held to certain standards. They have to have a license. They have to have insurance to cover whatever damages they may cause. Or damages caused to them. They have to have insurance. They have to take a test. And they have to prove to a law enforcement or a certified government um, agent that they are qualified and have put in the time and practice in order to possess a driver's license and operate a motor vehicle. We don't do that for firearms. In many states, such as my own, you can go to a gun swap and purchase a gun with cash, and that transaction is never tracked. No one knows where that gun went or into whose hands. No background check. Just here's your money. You could do that on Craigslist or to my next door neighbor. I could walk over and sell them a firearm if I had them. If you were to do that with a motor vehicle, there are plates, there are registration There are so many things tracking that motor vehicle to you and holding you responsible for the actions of that motor vehicle, whether you are in the driver's seat or not. Just a thought process on this. Why not do that for firearms? If you want to sell a firearm or trade a firearm or a firearm that's currently in your possession, you have to have that certified by a state official just like you would a title of a car so that there are tracking in place and we know where these firearms are moving. And sure, there's going to be a lot of people that come in. Well, what about Big Brother? We're giving more control to the government. You don't care too much about that about your car, do you? Many people believe a firearm is a tool either for a hobby or sport or to protect your family, or feed your family. A motor vehicle is a tool to get you to and from work, to and from the grocery store, wherever you need to go to take care of yourself and your family. 
It's a tool, just like a firearm. So why don't we license it, track it, just like a motor vehicle? Why don't we force people who have firearms to have insurance? You have to have insurance, gun insurance, let's call it. I don't know. We'll call it gun insurance and say you have to have gun insurance in case anything were to happen to somebody else, to somebody else's property while you are the owner of this firearm. Whether you pull the trigger or not, just like a car, if I let someone else get in my car and they drove off with my car and slammed into someone and killed them, yes, they would be held responsible because they were doing it. But I also have a certain responsibility because that is my vehicle. I am insured to have that vehicle and no one else is. And so there's punishments and penalties that go with me not being responsible and letting someone else drive my vehicle that has now went out and done something. And yes, a lot of people who are gun owners are terrified of more tracking and terrified of this because, again, they think it's all going to lead to eventual bans on firearms. It doesn't have to. That's the absolute. Either ban or have. We need to get away from that conversation. How do we help prevent it? How do we help the folks who need help get help? And how are we going to track the movement of weapons across this country? And of course, people are going to also call out the black market. Oh, there's a black market out there. You can get out the weapons. Yes, there is. You can also sell a car to someone. You can sell a car to someone, but there's still a title to that car. Someone knows who is supposed to have that car. There are serial numbers on weapons. We have plenty of tracking things out there now. There are ways that we can do this. We just have to sit down and have that conversation and create a plan that is not banning firearms. And it's not giving everyone firearms. It's a multi-step plan that allows us to track them, hold people accountable, and make sure there are safeguards in place like insurance that if something were to happen, people affected, property affected, is covered. And most importantly of all, I want to rehash this, the need to end the stigma around mental health so people will not be afraid or feel that they'll be profiled to go seek mental health needs to end. Affordable mental health for everyone. Quick, affordable mental health for everyone so they can get the help that they need, get the medication that they need to help them get back into society in a way that they are not going to harm themselves or others. And finally, and most importantly of all, which I've talked on at length about, we need to figure out a way to end systemic hate across this world. I don't care if you're a radical Islamist. I don't care if you're a white supremacist. I don't care if you're Antifa. I don't care if you're a fascist or a communist or a anything. You can be a smurf for all I care. There is no room 
to hate someone else for any, any reason whatsoever. So I want to thank you guys for your time. I hope that uh, I can get some comments here on VidMe to see if this is something that, that folks like. Again, uh, for those folks who have tuned in for the first time today, we don't always talk about the news and politics. We don't always talk about um, tough subjects like this. A lot of times I'm talking about video games. I'm, I'm reviewing some um, you know, news in the video game world. I'm talking about my experiences as a live uh, broadcaster on Mixer. And, and we're talking about the industry. Right. But when events like this happen, we have to take a moment. We have to educate ourselves about what went on and try to move forward and make this world a better place and not a place where 58 people are killed at a concert when they're having fun and 500 are wounded. I do want to take the time now and thank all my sponsors, which you can see rolling on the uh, side over there. You can check those out at davramgaming.biz if you would like any discounts or... Um, or promotions that they're doing. Uh, it directly supports the channel and our sponsors, which we're very, very appreciative of. And finally, thank you all for, uh, th thank you to all my patrons. Um, without you guys, uh, I wouldn't be able to do this. And so thank you all for taking a little bit of money out of your wallet each month and supporting my content. And if anyone would like to do that, please do check out patreon.com slash davramgaming. Uh, the links uh, are on my SoundCloud, and they're also on vid.me slash davramgaming. Um, but until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. We have a long road ahead. But if we all come together and understand that it's not black and white, it's not this side versus this side, but it's a larger picture to better this world and everyone in it. So take care of yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time on the Double D, the Davram Download. Later.